0: Hello everyone, I'm Fola Shade Anousier, and you are welcome to another episode of the SNC podcast, a show helping people better understand the intriguing world of music, arts and entertainment through insightful conversations with African artists, creatives, lawyers, music and business executives. My apologies, I was away for a bit, I had to attend to some personal matters, But I am so so happy to be back as we are getting close to the end of the year. I hope you are doing well and staying safe with all that is going on around the world. I keep on saying and telling my friends that there is so much going on and it just seems like moving to Mars is the next best thing. So I beg, if anybody has any plans on how I can make that happen, please let me know. Alright, jokes aside, let's just get into why we're here. So our guest for this episode is Ella Chikezie, an emerging multi-award winning filmmaker, writer and creative producer based in Lagos, Nigeria. Ella has over 4 years experience working with multinational brands as a copywriter and producer for TV and film commercials and documentaries. She's the past winner of the 2021 Home Vida Awards 1 million naira prize for her short film Crossline, a film she co-wrote and line produced. In September this year, Choke! Ella's first feature film as a producer was released. The movie stars Nollywood luminaries Gloria Young, Kanayo O'Kanayo, and Norbert Young, among others. The film is currently running at film festivals worldwide and was recently shown at the African International Film Festival, AFRIF, where it won the AFRIF Globe Award in the Audience Choice category. Ella is the founder and creative director of Fly Grade Media, a bespoke. Audiovisual production company based in Lagos, Nigeria. Hi Ella.
1: Hi Shadi. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you?
0: Um, I'm good. I'm hoping that this, I don't know, we're having technical challenges mm-hmm. and I'm really hoping that this doesn't. Continue, And I'm just, you know, so I'm just like a little like annoyed and stressed, yeah. but I'm happy to have you here. First of all, I have to say congratulations Thank on you. your first feature film, Choke. It's actually your first feature film as a line producer, yeah. right? Yeah. And um, you said that it was recently shown at the African International Film Festival. Yeah. And interestingly, you won the Audience Choice Awards. Yeah, and this is also coming on the heels of you winning three awards at the African International Horror Oral film festival. Yes. First of all, I didn't even know there was an African International Horror Film Festival. Well <laughs> <Right. laughs> congratulations and all the success. How are you feeling? I'm
1: feeling very grateful because um, first of all, like you said, it's my first feature film that I'm line producing and getting to this point very early in my career, like it's such a big deal, you know. I just feel very thankful and I feel very happy too because it just proves to me that, you know, hard work really pays. So, yeah, the fact that I'm getting all this recognition, like, I'm like, thank you, God, I see what you're doing <laughs> for me. <Yeah.
0: laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. And for people who haven't seen Choke, because it's out, right? Yeah, it for is. people who haven't seen it, can you talk about what the movie is about and what did your work as a line producer entail?
1: Choke is a film that, you know, addresses um, sickle cell in society and it also addresses mental health issues. So, personally, I am very... Endeared to stories, you know, that deals with or highlights the issues in society. So the first time I read Choke script, I was blown away because it had that element in, in it, of course, and because of the fact that it was a psychological thriller, you know, something that it's not um, really out there in Nigeria, in Nollywood. So yeah, um, I was very, very much drawn to the story. And being a line producer on Choke, my first feature film, my God, it was hectic. First of all, it's not easy to make films in Nigeria. Second of all, it's not easy to make a film with. Um, a budget, a tight budget. So yeah, I had these two t- challenges to work with. But I'm very thankful because I had I had people who were very supportive of my career. You know, I had so many people in- come up to encourage me. Like when each time I spoke to vendors, I'm like, oh my God, this is my first feature film. I really want to do this. The fact that the producer, my producer, who is also my mentor, Mr. Chris O'Day, the fact that he asked me to produce this film, notwithstanding that it was my first feature film, like I feel like he gave me that chance, you know, and I didn't want to mess up, you know, I came with my A-game, I put on my boots, roll up my sleeves, you know, and say let's get to work, you know, talk to all the vendors, try to convince them, because a lot of the job, your job as a producer is to convince people. If you're able to sell your vision to people, then you have the right people on your team. So yeah, to an extent, I had very great supportive people on my team, um, we did have our challenging days, but a lot of the guys came through for me. So shout out to my cast, my crew. I worked with old Nollywood and new Nollywood. So it was just a fusion of, you know, both worlds, the K.O.K.'s, the Gloria Young, Norbert Young. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Chimeze emo, who is a fantastic actor, by the way um yeah it was my first time but i sure killed it yeah i'm always happy when i speak to people who are
0: confident in who they are you know you're a game and i love it so congratulations on all the success so again you were explaining about uh, as a producer your goal is to convince people to come on board right Is that specifically what a line, because what what exactly is a line producer?
1: So the role of the line producer, um, first of all, in filmmaking, we have a hierarchy just like in every system out there. Um, We have the EPs who are like the money bags, the one that bring the money, then we have the producer who are the ones who convince the EP to come on board, like they source the story and in most cases... um, The producers can also be like line producers, depending on the scope of the production, right? Um, But the producers are like the senior producers. Why the line producers, they are under the producers. So the job of the line producer, basically, why we call them line producers is because they're responsible for everything below the line. So in production, we have above the line and we have below the line. So below the line is when the, is where the crew comes in, the logistics, transportation, welfare, you know, budgets in too. So my role as a line producer was to make sure that I manage time, which is the schedule. I manage the budgets and I manage the people. Um, Basically, I was in charge of um, getting my crew, assembling my crew. I was also in charge of getting my cast together, like trying to call them, convince them, you know, all those are egg bones. K-O-K is a big man, by the way. It's not easy. Major. Yeah. So it wasn't easy talking to him, you know, but I mean, he came on board eventually and yeah, spoke to my cast, convinced them on why they should be on the project, to read the script, the ones I wanted to stay. We did get news because it was a very daring story. That's awesome. Yeah, that. thank you. Thank you for that. Because I feel like, you know, a lot of times
0: we see or we hear about these titles or um, this producer, and I'm like, okay, what does that really mean? For, yeah. You know, because one of the... I wouldn't say challenges but one of the misconceptions that we have is for you to be in the film industry you Mm -hmm. either have to be an actor Mm -hmm. or the director Mm -hmm. but there are other roles and other aspects of the film business that people can get into so thank you for thank you for breaking that that down further hi i want to share with you a little bit about the sponsor of this episode notam expertise nigeria they are a promotional marketing and consulting firm based in lagos nigeria They provide tailored promotional printing services to individuals and organizations across various sectors and industries. I really like that they work with different types of clients, big and small. They actually helped me with the merch for the podcast. I remember speaking with the representative about what I wanted the t-shirts to look like and they were incredibly attentive to my needs. You can actually check out our Instagram page to see what some of the shirts look like. What is also great is that they just don't do t-shirts. They also offer printing production services for materials such as face caps, pens, umbrellas, drinkware, and so much more. So if you are looking for a company in Nigeria to help you achieve your promotional marketing product needs, call them on 0803-257-7980. You can also find them on Instagram at Expertus. That is N-O-T-A-M-E-X-P-E-R-T-U-S. Now, in terms of your background, because obviously before Choke, Ella was probably, I don't know what you were thinking <laughs> <laughs> with your life. So can you just share briefly about your journey to becoming a filmmaker? How did that interest start?
1: Okay, so I didn't start out exactly to see myself making film. Like everyone out there, I wanted to be on the big screen. I wanted to be Genevieve, you know, be Omotola and the rest. So when I was in university, right, um, I used to write I had reading for the longest. Like I love books because my dad made us read books as children, you know. Um, so I read a lot of books. I was immersed in the world of Chimamanda stories, popular Cause, Americana, and the rest. So even Hamlet, I read Hamlet as well. Big fan, you know. So after reading, I would imagine, you know, bringing this thing to life. Then there came like TV. You know, there were soap operas on TV, Papa Jasko, super you know, star. and the rest. Super story, you know, I can't miss Friday evenings, nights, yeah. So there was super story and the rest. So yeah, I kind of found myself leaning towards from you know, reading books, I kind of found myself leaning towards watching films. You know, I would watch Hollywood films, all those blockbusters, you know, and I wanted to, I was always curious, like, how, how does this happen? Um, but interestingly, like every typical Nigerian parents, my parents felt that I was very bright. So they sent me to science class, <laughs> even though I would always sneak out from class to go to, from science class, agri class, precisely. I hated Greek So... <laughs> From agricultural science classes, I would sneak out to go to literature class. And my teacher in literature class, she would always say to other students, she would call me out, first of all, to give recap on the last book that was read during class. And I would give the recap. I would, you know, I would be doing assignments and all that. And she knew I was a science student. So she would always tell them that, look at this science student standing out in literature class. Like she would, you know, so I just had that love that passion for stories I found out I was drawn to them so even though I read um, I was in science class when I got to university of course I had to take a science course today I'm a biochemist by certification but I am a Nollywoodian if there's a word like that because I make films right so I think for me getting into film was something that you know metamorphosed from um, reading books to watching films and then dreaming to be on screen and then getting into film by writing, because I started writing scripts, someone somewhere, okay, actually, Michelle Didi, she's an actor, um, she read one of my works on Instagram, and I had sent her a secret message one week before that time, like, just telling her how, how, how amazing she was, and I was a big fan, you know, and then she read this message, and she had come to Instagram, I wrote it on Facebook to her, sent her a DM, and she read it, but she didn't reply on Facebook. She came to Instagram, found me all the way to Instagram, came there, wrote a very long post of how my message had lifted her up at that time, you know, encouraged her and all that. And from there, like, she told me that I had the gift of writing, that sh- I shouldn't stop writing. And I was in 211 university doing my science. And, and from there, you know, I started writing, you know, it's one thing to know that you have a gift, right? No, he's wanted to have a gift and it's another thing for someone to validate that gift. So at that point in my life, she was somebody that God really used because I see that God using her to tell me that you have this gift, just keep at it. And before you know, I started writing from there, I joined the spoken word poetry group on campus. I became a spoken word artist. Shout out to my world phantom screen. <laughs> yeah, I just had to de- do that, you know? So I, you know, I got into spoken word poetry and from there I started writing scripts I remember my first screenwriting masterclass was with Victor Sanchez Agawa. He's a showrunner on um, African Magic series and all that. Um, yeah, so Hosh, yeah, that was one of his series. So I went for his masterclass and then I met other screenwriters, established screenwriters. I mean, Mr. Sanchez is like a god in Nollywood, you know. So getting to be in that class, seeing other screenwriters, you know, from there, I just had this passion for, you know, being behind now i didn't want to be in front of yeah i was about to say like at what point did that shift happen for you you know so i wanted to be a part of the process right so i just found out that i was Mm -hmm. leaning towards being behind the camera because i was always shy in front of the camera anyway so yeah so yeah, that's how I'm If I, I all this camera now, you will know, you know. Oh God, <laughs> are we wrong? Are you serious? All this voice will disappear. Ah
0: uh, no, don't worry. We should, Well, we're all a work in progress, but, but continue. I please. agree.
1: Yeah, I agree. So um yeah, so after that um training, I went home and I said that I want to tell stories, and I want to tell stories that you know addresses societal ills, that talks about social issues, that you know stories that people would love and will feel. At the end of the day, I feel like every storyteller's um, purpose is to make people to feel. Because if I watch a film and I don't feel something, I feel like you've done a bad job, you know. So I wanted to tell stories that make people to feel. And beyond feeling, act very importantly. So yeah, so that was it for me, really. That's how I got... Um, into, yeah. yeah, I got into it. That's my backstory. That's
0: amazing. That's amazing. And just kind of circling back to the movie Choke, talked about the movie is about sickle cell anemia. Yeah. my father yeah. has sickle cell, oh. so um, I, I can relate to. I can, I haven't yet seen the movie, and I look forward to seeing it. It's yeah. in theaters, right? Is it?
1: Yeah, it's it was in theaters. It was, but it's coming to platform real so okay a, is big a big platform you yeah, can yeah. discuss that now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: okay but that's, as I look forward to seeing that during the course of my research about you one of the things that I noticed or that I thought was really amazing is that you're a multi-faceted creative you're not just into filmmaking as you just mentioned you are also an award-winning or you, you didn't mention that you're award-winning but you are an award-winning poet you also have experience in copywriting and mm-hmm. project management yeah. as someone who has all these different creative interests, how do you ensure that you don't let one fall by the wayside because you're trying to grow the other? Because it's, it's the struggle that I have.
1: For me, well, I, I just think that, although these are different roles, right, I, I play as a person, I feel like um, at, the, at the core of it, it's still about entertainment, right? Because copywriting, simply, you know, writing stories for brands and maybe individuals, yeah. So it's still, I see myself more as a creative producer. Yeah, that's how these days, that's why I call myself anyway. So because it's the same industry, it's linear for me. So um, when I'm not writing, because I have my writing season, right? When I'm not writing, um, you know, coming up with budgets, I'm sending out pitch decks to EPs, or I'm sourcing for the right story. That's if I'm not writing it. So it's it's easy for me to manage that because I know when to, you know, go back to the drawing board and tell myself that, okay, this is a season for me to just be inside, you know, with my thoughts, sit with my thoughts, come up with that script, come up with that, this and that. So, but there are cases when, you know, because... I am a freelancer. Someone wants a line producer or a producer for a project. So they are calling me at that point. So how do I manage this? Um, Okay, I've not really found the perfect way to manage it. But I would say that one thing that I know I do is that when I'm not actively on one project, right, I am resting. I find time to rest. And in that resting season, I find out that I write more when I'm so if you happen to bring a writing gig for me at that point, yeah, sure, I'll take it. So that's how I'm able to manage it, yeah. Plus, I do have, you know, I have... Every year, I have a vision board, so I have my seasons that, you know, I just map out, okay, around this time, this is what I want to be doing, so... Yeah, I think that's... I feel like sometimes there's no perfect solution, but it's just constantly
0: finding ways to tweak and ensure that, you know, we fall in the right places one of the things you had mentioned earlier is that you know what you're really passionate about is writing stories that speak to societal issues yeah. and i saw one of your short animated stories it's called finding home yeah i thought it was like it's so short but it's so impactful thank
1: you I, and i
0: th- and for people who haven't seen finding home it's really short so it actually will not take up like yeah, it's like yeah, a yeah. minute something yeah um it's a story about the impact water pollution has what? on ocean life yeah, and yeah. creatures in the sea yeah and when I watched it, I was like, because it's so short, I feel like it's the kind of piece that children should be seeing. Mm-hmm. Because both, even as an adult and as a child, I can imagine how children will say, oh, you know, because it sticks with children more, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I just I just wanted to tell you that. I saw that oh and I was God. like, you know, <laughs> I don't even know maybe if it's in school's, Whatever the case may be, it's the kind of message that we children need to be aware of yeah. because it's about starting them young so mm-hmm. that they become more aware about the issue of climate, climate change, change and stuff. Yeah. And just to kind of go all serious, because that's what the movie Finding Home is about. Yeah. Well, how do you or what do you think when you hear people say climate change is not real?
1: For me, I would say climate change is real. First of all, I'm a scientist, <laughs> so yeah, I would say it's real. And second of all, I've lived in um, in a part of Nigeria where even till date they're still battling that. Um, I studied in Uniport, so in Port you know, there's a lot of um, industrial activities there because they have refinery Um, they have their oil producing. They're an oil producing state, so they have refineries and all that. So there's, I remember writing an article on Pulse Right, about um, the blacks. We used to call it black suits, but it suits the suit situation. Now it's even worse, I hear. But then when it started, obviously because of the activities of burning um, fuel and all that, there was soot in the air. People would get sick. You know, you sweep your house under your feet everywhere. charcoal yeah. yeah. So I just, I didn't know what to do at that point in time. The only gift I had was to just write. So I published this article on Pulse. Then I was in this Pulse bloggers community. So I know climate change is real because it's human action, right? And inactions too that causes it. So, and because of we live in a society where We consume, right? We don't think about um, what's it called recycling things. Oh, thankfully these days I think we are trying to embrace that culture. But climate change is real because, uh, for people who say it's not real, it's real because I mean look at what is happening in other parts of the world. We are so blessed in Nigeria and in Africa that we don't have these natural disasters, right? But if you look at what is happening recently with the flooding situation in Nigeria, you know, that tells you that almost something is happening that we're not aware of. So I feel like people need to be very aware of it and people need to take action. The little you can do that plastic, you know, that you can just take to a recycled company. As a matter of fact, someone should build an app. Maybe I'm giving out this idea, but (laughs) yeah, someone should actually, you know, think of how to, you know, make it, key because we are living in an advanced society, so maybe build an app that people can collect their recycle, like send out their materials, and then you can recycle it. But either way, what I'm trying to say is, climate change is real. People need to be more aware of it, and people need to take action, and people need to understand that if, as a society, we just wake up and live and just do as we please, there's a way god created the earth right and he puts in everything that we need to survive in it right but it is still our actions that will determine how long or how well this earth you know would be at the end of the day yeah fine there are false information out there about people try to put fear and hysteria out there you know but people should really know that it's a problem that needs to be yeah yeah i
0: think first of all i think it's It's interesting and cool that, you know, you're a scientist and you're saying that God created the earth. Lots of scientists believe that's evolution. Right. But that's the first thing, right? No, I believe it Yeah, that. No, I mean then even if you if you know, like that's <laughs> your yeah. but I'm just like, you know, you, I think sometimes a lot of times we never really see scientists that you know and yeah. that's perfectly fine. Everybody has whatever they believe in. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is that um <laughs> what was the other but, oh yeah. For people who don't believe that um climate change or global warming is real.
1: Yeah. Lagos is so hot. Ah My Like dear. it has gotten hotter. The heat is getting worse. It's what <laughs>
0: you know, I don't even know it's worse. it's worse. Worse. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like you leave your house, the kind of heat that just slaps yeah, you, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, like you said, even the flooding, there's so much going on in the world mm-hmm. and even in where we live. So yeah. something for us to be more attentive about. But thank you for sharing that insight. Thank I just you. wanted to talk to you about that. Our sponsor for this episode is No Time Expertus Nigeria, a promotional communication firm that provides an extensive and innovative range of promotional product procurement services across gaming platforms, financial service institutions, oil and gas, FMCGs, telecommunications, high net worth individuals, among so many others. They are a team of professionals driven by integrity and are committed to activating innovative ideas that guarantee the success of your brand. Some of the materials that they offer printing production services for include T-shirts, face caps, pens, umbrellas, drinkware, and so much more. To find out more about how Notam Expertus Nigeria can help you achieve your custom promotional product needs, call them on 0803-257-7980. You can also find them on Instagram at Notam Expertus. That is N-O-T-A-M-E-X-P-E-R-T-U-S. Now, let's talk about your movie, Crossline, Mm. which was my introduction to your work. Mm -hmm. And um, for the movie, Crossline, you were a Mm co-writer and you were a line producer. Mm -hmm. Can you share what Crossline is about and what inspired the
1: movie? So, Crossline, like I always say, is the gift that keeps giving for me. Because, And I say this because the first ever short film I made that I... I had to work, you know, with a large team. It doesn't mean I've not made short films. I've made, like, there's another of my short films that is called Anywhere But Home. Yeah, it's a very short film. I put animation, and it's live action and animation, so yeah. But Crossline was the first short film that I worked with, like, a real team. I had to team up with some other young budding filmmakers to make and the fact that it was in competition, too, and we had to make it within a period of time, you know, so that we don't miss the competition window and all that. So, yeah, Crossline was a film that, you know, was inspired, first of all, from the end period in Nigeria. This was 2020. Young people coming out to talk about the injustice in the police force, you know, the SARS brutalizing and... Um, bullying people, young people. So at that time, we wanted to tell a story that you know mirrored the truth in our society in regards to police brutality. So Crossline was born out of that. Um, I had to work with a team of you know other, like I said, body and filmmakers. We're grouped because I had the most experience, right? in the sense that then I was working with the production house as a copywriter and, and production manager. So I had more experience than most of the guys on my team. So I had to be at the forefront of it as the line producer. So co-writing it, I had to also work with other people to write the story. So the story was inspired from the tweets that one one young lady made. I've forgotten her name, but you know her boyfriend had been killed by... You know, police street bullet and she had come to talk about that issue. So we got inspired from that story and wanted to tell it from that angle. So we chose that angle to tell the story. And interestingly, we were one of the winning teams because there were two teams. In fact, we were over 100 people in that program, Home Vida, you know, training program. So they grouped us into groups, you know, of 10. So 10 people in 10 groups. So out of 10 groups, each group their story so Crossline and another group our stories were picked so they gave they went on to give us money to now make the film so we're funded funded you know for the film we made the film and then these two films now had to compete for the best so Crossline came tops so we had we won the one million millionaire prize and um it was my first time i mean like i said i I was just working in a production company. I said, "Okay, where we do TV advertising, you know." And I said, "Okay, let me just try film." And then I wrote this script with some group of people I'd never met. Like we walked virtually, most of us, because this was in the in the height of COVID. So we the, even the training was online. I met you know we had meetings, series of meetings online before on the day of shoots. I started meeting some of my you know team members. So yeah, it was it was a very challenging um, but very new situation for me because i'd never produced the film i'd never you know seen my work like film that i wrote be on screen and to even go on to win the overall prize like it was mind-blowing he showed me the possibility that you know that there was to me and my craft so yeah yeah that's amazing. That's amazing.
0: And when I saw the movie at the film screening, like a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was going to, you know, cause remember, I don't know if you remember, they said, does anybody have any questions for yeah. the filmmakers? Yeah. And I wanted to ask this question, but this is me. Ella, I was manifesting our conversation. I said that I'm going to save this question for Ella when I get to interview her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so here I am. Yeah. Because my question is why, and I'm not giving anything away, but why did the story have the ending? that it did because for a lot of people in Nigeria that have had experience with and um, that have had both NSARS and just police brutality, they haven't been able to recover from these situations. So when I was watching it, I
1: was like, hmm. So why we chose that ending? So because personally, the way I wrote, when we wrote the first draft, we wanted to leave it as an open ending. In fact, the story changed a lot you know, from the inception, what we had then was that the baby survived and the woman didn't like the child because the child reminded her of what she lost, you know, to the in the hands of police so but we went with that direction because like i said it was in competition right and one of the theme was you know nigeria new hope for nigeria or something so we wanted to tell the story that um mirrors the present day so, um you know things that goes on in our society but something that people would watch and you know they would have hope in nigeria So we wanted a new Nigeria. It was us also manifesting the kind of Nigeria we want you get. So yeah, that's why we chose that ending. We didn't want to leave people feeling sad and all and hopeless. Plus, we we also wanted to train mental health. Um, I'm I'm a very big big advocate for mental health. Yeah. It's just interesting that my two winning films are, you know, they have that topic there. I'm just noticing. Yeah, but, but, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, that was it for us. We wanted to go that direction. And it's because we wanted people to know that it's possible with good governance, there could be changes in our society. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Because you. you know that one
0: of my comments at the film screening was like, I love the fact that you had therapy in, you know, in the movie. Because a lot of times I, I'm not against prayer or whatever, you know, but sometimes there are issues that you want to speak to a professional. Nobody's saying you should not pray. Pray your prayer. That's things I'm praying to God for right now. But I'm, you know, yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that that was super amazing. Now, as we wrap up the conversation, what advice do you have for people who are looking to get into filmmaking or who are passionate about filmmaking?
1: To be honest, there's never the right time to start. That's one thing I know for sure. Um, You can start anytime, you can start at any age. And one other thing I want to say is that even though you might look like no one is paying attention, just keep being excellent, like always go for excellence. Um, No one is paying attention right now, but one day someone is going to see that work that you're doing and they'll pick interest. And it just, all it takes is one person. Like I said, someone saw my writing somewhere and they commended it and That even made me see more value in my work. You might not have that figure right now that is seeing your work, that has seen your work to tell you, oh, you have this gift, oh, you are skilled. But the fact that you have that gift, first of all, you have to use it in the sense that you have to do it just right. If it's writing, you're writing, just write. If it's singing, you're singing, just sing. Always think of how to do it the best way you can. Whenever you're given a chance, don't... um, don't say okay. I'm just gonna do it halfway or just do it shabbily. No, give your best. It might look like no one is watching, but someday someone will see that work. And in Nigeria, it's just sad that a lot of creatives don't um, don't make money at first. Money shouldn't even be the motivation at first. Just start it first, and you know, with consistency, with practice, with learning and relearning and unlearning, you get there. And you know, as I say, the sky is the starting point. So yeah. Just do it, as Nike says. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Ella. That's really good. Thank can you. Can I say one more thing? Yeah, please go I ahead. Forgot. So for for people, particularly filmmakers who want to, let me use my own personal experience. If you want to start as a filmmaker, I feel like the best place to start is to look out for film festivals that you can attend. First of all, in your first year, you can attend as a guest, as a just to come and experience it, just like this GT Fashion Week, just go have the experience of it. The next time you're going, you might just, you know, they, they do these master classes. Most of these festivals, film festivals, they do these master classes. You know, you could actually apply for it, but most of the time they want to see that you've done something. So don't even wait to have like that big production budget. My first ever film that I shot was on my phone. It was a one minute video that I had shot to apply for this Access Back Accelerate Filmmaker project in twenty nineteen. So it was shot on my phone. So don't even wait to have the perfect equipment. Just start with what you have. Start small and get big. So that's just it. That's one thing I want to say. So go to festivals. Um, Google is your friend. Try as much as possible when you get to festival, try to meet people. Talk to people, exchange contacts, try to stay in touch. And don't always be in the habit of shooting DMs to producers. Most times, the best collaborations are people with, you know, collaborations with people on your level. So don't, before you get all up there, just start with the people around you. The first film I did, my brother was my cast. My friend in my streets that had a baba. He was the one that held the camera, you know. So just start with what you have, really. You know, you don't even know what you have yet until you start doing something. So, yeah. Very well said. It's that whole point
0: that Issa Rae said. I don't know if you've seen that video, that popular video that she says that she networks across yeah. levels with people that are, you know, yeah. trying to do the same thing that she's doing as opposed to networking upward. Yeah. So why very wise words, yeah. Ella. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Thank you.
0: All right, so we're gonna go on to the fun random questions. Yeah, are you ready? Yeah,
1: so See I'm ready. Ella. You know, I let love guests like
0: order. I, <laughs> I love guests. Me. No, no, it's fine. I love guests like you, you know. Make me so excited. Thank you. <laughs> All right. First First question is, which of the following movies would you choose? So the options are
1: Troy, X
0: Men, or Transformers.
1: Ah, uh, these are like three movies I love. I did my uh, research. My childhood was these movies. Hmm, I'll say Transformers. You know what? We're gonna be friends. <laughs> Just see, I, see. I, see. I know, <laughs> like seriously, it's yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: that's awesome. Okay, cool. Second question is. As a self-described chronic bibliophile, what was the last book you read?
1: Or maybe it's what book are you currently reading? So I was at Jazz Hall the other day to do recce um, for a documentary I'm filming. Um, so I walked into that bookstore. In my life, I'd never been there Jazol is somewhere um, around Ikoyi yeah I know, need Iko-ye. to I've been there as well yeah it's such a magnificent place you know books you see venues records yeah. and all that so you know bougie and, so I walk in there and I was amazed I'd gone there to see the owner of the shop to talk to her that would like to film in her space but when I walked in I was like oh my god this is my this is me you know recall that back you know, in this interview earlier on, I'd said, you know, I grew up in a house where we were taught to read. My dad had, I don't know if I mentioned it, but my dad had a very big library. So wow. we had books. We had this, this, um, Hamlet's, you know, books, Shakespeare's book, the very first edition. We had those, you know, with all those hats, down, English, you know. Yeah, yeah my mother would get along. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'd walk into that space and, and after speaking to the woman, I just I just could not live without buying a book. There's just something that holding hard cover back book does to me. So I picked up um, my sister, the serial killer by Oyinko Braid White. Okay. So that's my current read right now. Okay,
0: that's, I've seen that book around. Okay, when me read, let me know if it's, if if exactly. I should. Yeah, okay. it's a
1: bestseller, and I think I met Oyinko Braid White at a care Festival, a K Festival in 2019. She okay. was in Nigeria. Yeah, so that was the first time I you know saw her uh, encounter. At work, and I wanted to buy that book there, but I didn't have so much money then. I was still upcoming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't worry, I'm all upcoming. I don't even get money, I'm looking for money. So, <laughs> right, okay,
1: that's cool. Third
0: question is What three countries would you love to visit?
1: Ah, oh, thank you very much. I love to travel. It's like you know me, you did your homework, yeah, but for real, um, I love to go, you know, to countries I have. Um, Beach, you know beach areas where you know water sea the waves the wind everything is just so iconic oh my god i can see myself there right now but yeah um i'd love to go to cape town let me just say cape town because i hear the golden hour, which is when the sun comes down, is so beautiful to witness there. So I'd like to go to Cape Town in South Africa. Um, I'd also like to go to Paris. Hmm. I used to have a fantasy ab- about maybe having my proposal there. <laughs>
0: From your lips to God's ears. <laughs>
1: Amen. You know? Yeah. So Paris, I want to see that air I so well. And um And I also want to visit Canada. Yeah. Fourth question is, which of the
0: following screenwriters would you love to work with? The options are Shonda Rhimes, Jordan Peele, or Ava DuVernay. Oh, my
1: God. The first one. The first one. The first Shonda one. Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes. Oh, what, my God. What? She's my icon. Oh, my God. whole story is so inspiring, you know. For someone who wants to not just tell stories, but tell stories about, you know, the least talked about things in society, stories you know, that cuts across races and all that, you know. Just doing the hard work, really. Like, she's someone I really look up to. And Shonda Rhymes work is something that when you see, you just know this is rhymes, you know. She's just good at her craft. She's, she's a master storyteller. Final question! Mm-hmm.
0: What are two things that you know for sure about life?
1: Okay, number one, no condition is permanent. It might look like, you know right now you're in that phase of your life where nothing is working right um don't give up don't give up really i say this because now who give up lose do you understand so just if you have that mindset because i have that mindset no matter how bad it is right now it cannot always be bad do you understand so no condition is permanent i know for sure number two i know that excellence would always sell you faster than kissing us would (laughs) Yeah, so just be excellent at what you do. (laughs) You know, but it's funny, I feel like there are people that (laughs) they prefer kissing
0: us and you know they prefer you to kiss us. But I love I love those. Those are really good and those are true. You know. So that's cool. Because do you know why
1: do you know why I say that? Because you could kiss us and get into the room, right? Kissing us might get you into the room, but it won't keep you in the room. But if you're excellent at what you do, even though you miss this opportunity, that's not the only opportunity in the world. So one day because people want excellent work it will never go out of fashion so just be excellent and you would see that you know you're going f- you're going places it might take a while but you'll get there in the words of you being a poet snaps you know how you yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> know
0: <Threatment>. exactly right <laughs> ella it has been a pleasure
1: speaking with you You too, is
0: there anything that you'd like to share or promote before we wrap up our conversation
1: I just recently registered my own production company. It's called Flight Grid Media. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, so please follow us on Instagram. and Look out for us on YouTube because we have amazing content coming out from next year by the grace of God.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I was also going to ask you, like, if people want to keep up with the work that you're yeah, doing on social media, yeah. how can they follow you? Can you give your social media handles?
1: Okay. So I am on my Instagram. My own personal Instagram is at EllaChiqueZied. E-L-L-A-C-H-I-K-E-Z-I-E. And um, my business, which is my production company, is Flygrade Media. F-L-Y-G-R-A-D-E and media. Yeah. So just follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and on YouTube. That's Thank awesome.
0: You. Um, Ella, it has been a pleasure speaking with you. Likewise. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Shade. It's been an honor. Uh, really? Oh, you, yeah. t- you, you make my heart sink. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: Thank you, too.
0: Thank you to Ella Chikezie. You can find out more about her work on Instagram and Twitter, she is at Ella Chikezie. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate you taking a few minutes to rate us on your favorite podcast platform. It helps the podcast get discovered by more people. Thank you so much in advance. This episode is produced, edited and mixed by Folasha De Anosier. Thank you to our sponsor, Notam Expertus Nigeria. The show is powered by Non-Conform Productions and our theme song is by John Akinola. You can check out the podcast on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at The SNC Podcast. Thank you for listening.